0: This is Mike. And this is Manny. And welcome back to Reboot, Recast, Rethink, a podcast about tech and why you should care.
1: Social media is not just a fad tool. It's something that is now permanently with us. But will it continue to evolve into something good or something more sinister? How will social media's growth affect other industries? Will industries be able to grow on its own? Or will it have to adapt to expectations that we now have with social media?
0: Let's break it down. What is social
1: media? So social media. So really, Mike, what is social media? What is that line that we always say? Sharing is caring. So uh, social media really just refers to the social part of interacting with other people, sharing information, receiving information from them. So, you know, if you think about what we do, you know, face to face, we're doing this all online and we're sharing things. Now the media portion of it refers to the best, what we can say, the instrumentation of communication. So things like the internet, Radio and newspapers, traditional forms of media. That's what we're referring to when we're talking about the media portion. So, we're kind of right. what we're going to do here is you, you're kind of taking both the social and the media and then kind of mixing that together. And that's how we get uh, to this point where social media is sort of just a web based communication tool allowing people to basically interact with one another, sharing and consuming information. <laughs> and that's a good word, consuming. Yeah, yeah. Consuming <laughs> is the, the big portion of it, because I think both of us can agree, um, social media sort of morphed into something that is just all consumption, all the time. Um, mm-hmm. In essence, uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, instead of going to a restaurant and sort of sit, sitting down and having a, you know a meal, taking your time, it's quick, it's fast, it's like fast food. You know, we want it now. Mm -hmm. We want to consume it. We want to get it quickly. You know, if you think of uh, current social media tools, that's what they uh, sort of push. That's what is constantly coming to you. It's information. It's happening quickly. It's happening now. It's breaking. And what we're talking about is not just breaking news, it's what's uh, up with our family members, what's happening with our friends. Mm -hmm. All of that information is coming in and we're just consuming it as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, I I guess the question would be is, how did it grow so quickly? Um, Uh. You you know, I I think, Mike, you could probably agree with me. Um, Social media has just exploded. I, I even sometimes wonder... Um, for all those who got into it and started social media with things like Facebook and different things. I mean, we'll get into some of the old tools. I'm sure you have a few that you can talk about. Um, But, (laughs) I mean, I remember, um, I hope I'm not dating myself, but, you know, we'll find out. Um, Do you remember MySpace?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: So you remember MySpace, a lot of, you know, when it first started out, a lot of musicians, people sort of got into that and that grew. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember friendster, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, all of these, you know, platforms, there were so many out there actually, um, they kind of came and go, I kind of, you know, as a side note, I remember, um, going to an internet cafe and, um, used to sit there for hours, you know, and you know, all these tools were available and you're just kind of going granted, I right. was, you know, you have to pay money from you know, these internet cafes, but just to sit mm-hmm, down there mm-hmm. and go through all of these things. And again, it's back to that whole idea of consumption. We're consuming now uh who was the big player that came onto the market it was facebook
0: you know the funny thing about facebook i mean i have used as you mentioned friendster even before all that mm. uh there were other platforms out there there were so many platforms out there at that time uh, before facebook like friendster myspace Uh, You name any kind of denomination of anything, they probably had a platform for it. But Facebook was one that came to me because I had this friend that was sort of a, he was like a college promoter he used to promote events to university students at that time and he got me into the beta of facebook at that time and that was when mm-hmm. facebook was starting to grow uh, actually just starting out with the college and university kids so when i saw the facebook movie i was like oh yeah i guess i was part of that <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: part of it how come you we weren't in the movie then i'm just kidding
0: Oh, well, not that part, but, uh, and thankfully. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the the way that it was sold, it was kind of like, hey, this thing is free, it's going to keep you connected, because I was, I think I had just graduated or I was about to graduate. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was sort of like, how do you keep in touch with everybody mm-hmm. after everything's done? Because you've spent like four years with all these people. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, you're all going to go your separate ways because you're all from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So it's like, here's this free platform to keep in touch. And it's like, okay, well, why don't we try this out? Seems innocent enough. I, I, I found that for me, um,
1: I found that Facebook in particular... Um, that was the way to sort of connect with friends. I remember um, initially there were a lot of all these little tools out that, that were out there that tried to connect with your high school friends, you know, college friends and such. Mm-hmm. But I think Facebook was one of those tools that really pushed things. And I think one of the ways that it pushed it was in three particular areas was, it, was when it came to mobile, home entertainment, and basically the competitors pushing them. I, I found... If you really Mm -hmm. think about it, how it started, you started from a simple college idea, you know, and how it grew, it just grew into something that I even sometimes wonder if they even expected it to grow, um, you know, into the potential where it is now, where it's to this place where Facebook is everywhere. Now, as I said, Facebook is not the only thing, but it is, we have to acknowledge that regardless of the feelings about Facebook, they definitely are the major player uh, when it comes to social media. There are others, um, others will come and go, but Facebook is still, for now, has stood the test of time and it's still
0: around. Definitely. I mean, as I said, during that time, there were so many different platforms. I mean, MySpace and Friendster were some of the big Mm -hmm. ones, but once Facebook basically opened the floodgates for anybody to join it. Uh, that's when everything started. Facebook started to take the audience and bring it to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it just became nobody else but just Facebook. I think,
1: what, was it. I think one of the things we should really talk about is how Facebook really pushed the software industry and also pushed people to adapt. Now, you mm-hmm. know, we talk about adapting. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, one of the things that Facebook, if you think about um, even just search now, I'm gonna split off into the Google sphere just uh, ever so slightly, just to kind of talk about that word of of adapting quickly. Um, Facebook on the social media side really pushed things. It, it pushed uh, people to tag information. We, we you know we talk about the word of tagging. Um, following friends, all of these things. And if you look at Google, it was the live search and such. And I think what would hap- what was happening there, if you think about the evolution of software, it was you had these this company here that was pushing things and ha- it was happening quickly. Things were changing fast. Mm-hmm. They were growing fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you talk about the numbers, um, by 2010, they grew to over 500 million users. Now, mm-hmm. just think about that for a bit. You have this platform, it started in one fashion and now it's grown into this platform that has so many users. So what happens? As a company, you're going to have to adapt and provide more tools, provide more ways for people to do things. You know, you talked about the idea of connecting with others. Um, people were sharing photos, tagging friends, um, connecting with family, as you said, Um Joining mm-hmm. groups, you know, all of these different things. If you really think about it, Facebook became became this all encompassing platform that allowed people to basically communicate socially and quickly, uh, right around the world. And I think one of the things are the, the things that we have to also, you know, think about is how Facebook was able to push the technology, but then how it also caused. Expectations to change amongst people.
0: Um, when you, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, in terms of a technology sort of perspective, uh, back in 2010, if we think about how web pages used to function back then, it, it was still pretty, pretty generic. Uh, I mean, in our own company, we've been doing web web development for for just as long, and the leaps and bounds of the technology for things like, and I'm, I'm using some buzzwords like HTML five to, to incorporate things uh, has, has been significant uh, especially in terms of the user interface and user experience, the UI and the UX um, because of things like Facebook, because Facebook kind of said, okay, dragging a, picture from your desktop over to this web browser is how you're going to do your uploads versus you know you're going to click five times to do that same process and on top of uh, we were also in the process of you know mobile devices and tablets and smaller things so um they they came at that time and kind of pushed the development of all these so if you think about, like, general or specified software, let's say, like, accounting software, or in our case, healthcare software, mm-hmm. there there were, like, specific workflows and conditions and rules that you needed to do in order to get a certain result. For mm-hmm. example, uh, let's say it's accounting software and you're doing your taxes. In order to uh, f- complete your taxes, you need to fill in line 101, 102, 103, and so on and so forth. Um, and then software at that time would, would have been happy to... To, uh, force you to fill in all those uh, specific lines in order to do that, but because of things like Facebook and now you had people getting involved and you you know the 500 million some users using this new kind of mm-hmm. UX, this new user experience, people are saying, you know, this is actually kind of easy. I mean, I don't I don't hate computers anymore, even though I do accounting <laughs> software all the time. Mm-hmm. So so why isn't everything this easy? So it exactly. made it made people take a step back and say, okay, maybe we should be improving our interfaces and the technology behind it. So that's, it kind of heightened the importance of like, Mm -hmm. um, user experience and user interface. So nowadays, when you see these kind of programs or any programs, um, there is a lot more focus on that. Yes.
1: I would definitely say that, like, even in my own experience, you find um, because of tools, you know, like Facebook, which has changed their interface allowed allow people to do things very quickly. As you mentioned, the drag and drop, all of those different functions, there's just that expectation. It's sort of like you get a piece of software and you think, well, geez, why don't you do it that way? That's the way it should mm-hmm. be done. Um, I remember recently um, having experience trying to help somebody um, was with a bit of software. It was a web uh, application and, you know, there was a bit of an expectation. They just sort of said, well, you know, they found it very difficult to sort of do it a way that would work. But they were like, well, it's taking too long. Why, why can't I just drop it on the desktop? Why can't I just drop right. it on the browser? And um, right. you kind of sense that frustration because, again, we're used to getting, you know, if you think about it, business to consumer, consuming quickly, being able to do things very quickly, being able to do um you know, do those drag and drops, uh, import images, do all of those things. They, it's that expectation. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I feel like it's really pushed the industry. And I think, too, if you also look at social media, one of the things that it's also done, um, people have gotten very comfortable with how they use the information on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten comfortable with putting information there. Um all of the you know you know i think we can talk forever about this it's amazing to see how much information <laughs> is on facebook um you know yeah you, you know if if you look at your own timeline and then you start going down you realize like well, really did i post that no, did i really upload that information <laughs> and if you think about it i mean let's be honest what is facebook you just need a You know, create a username and a password. You you know, as long as you have an email, you can sign up for the account and boom, away you go. Nobody's asking you to pay for anything, Um, so Mm -hmm. you just, you know, you use the tool and you're happy to use it and upload your images and such. But you just sort of implicitly trust it, Um, and and that's one of the interesting things because um, the the other thing that Facebook, uh, social media in general, has done, it's allowed us. Um, I shouldn't say aloud but it's made us sort of trust everything that's out there. It's almost sort of you don't even think twice. You know, lately we are trying to educate people and get people used to the fact that hey, really you should know where your data is going and such. But people really just mm-hmm. implicitly trust, and then that expectation sort of trickles down. Right? You you end up um, in situations where you know people if you're making software you they just sort of expect you to do things a certain way even though there may be rules and things in place that govern those those processes so i think you Mm -hmm. know it's kind of interesting i don't know what your opinion is but why do you think people implicitly sort of trust facebook
0: i think the thing is it's it's a problem with like lack of transparency, people don't exactly know what they're feeding, mm. right? Uh, let, let's be fair. Uh, Facebook is a business and is trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's making its mm-hmm. buck. Well, we we kind of know, right? That's why we're doing this. <laughs> I mean, when I signed up for Facebook, I saw an opportunity to stay connected with my friends. As I said, it was free, and who's going to turn down free? But we didn't know the scope Mm -hmm. of what the product was and if the scope had changed, Mm -hmm. right. What was the purpose, real purpose of Facebook? Obviously it was to make money. We just didn't think about it. And, um, you know, uh, it wasn't about university kids trying to stay connected. No, it, I mean, and you saw your parents and their kids and and pets having their own accounts, oh, and my. you know, suddenly odd <laughs> ads would pop up, and then it became about data, and it was haunting me because, you know, the one time I looked up Hamilton tickets, said that I'd never be able to afford. Hey, it kept saying, "Hey, Hamilton tickets on sale," but they weren't really. But they were there; they oh, were. Wow. So it was <laughs> eye opening. So I mean, we have to ask ourselves: What is the price of our data? Well.
1: Well, I think I think one of the things to think about, too, it's, I think what Facebook has done over um, its years of existence, it's drawn us into this place of trust, uh, where we sort of dump our information. You know, we, we, I don't want to equate it to a drug, but it's, it's, you know, in social media in general, I don't want to say only Facebook, but let's, we're, we're talking about Facebook here. It, it, we've just sort of come to that point where we implicitly trust it. And We just want it to do what we want it to do. We want to make sure, hey, make sure you're sharing that photo. Uh, Make sure I can get in touch with my family members. Uh, Make sure everybody can know what I'm eating today. Um, (laughs) Make sure I can share uh, some information uh, with somebody about something that I really care about. And, you know, what we don't think about is what's happening in the background. Yes, it's free. But I think we can both agree um, things are not always free. Okay, There's always a cost to it and that um, Facebook has to get something
0: out of it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have a business. Um, I mean, in my perspective, I think one of the things that people don't realize they're doing is it's something that's really commonplace now. How many people have used hashtags, Mm -hmm. right? Hashtags, if you think about it, it's a way of indexing data. Right. So you take a picture of yourself having hot dog and you think it's amazing and it was taken at the CNE. Uh, you put hashtag hot dog, hashtag amazing, hashtag uh, CNE. Then you're basically sort of feeding this big data mm-hmm. into somebody's uh, repository of data to say, hey, this thing is CNE hot dog amazing. Uh, let's process that or I don't know what they're exactly going to do uh, because again, transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or have you ever used that uh, filter to age yourself 50 years mm-hmm. and thought about what that is actually doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically feeding it data for things like um, for facial recognition. So 50 years later, Facebook or The government or whoever this data is going to is going to know how you're going to look in 50 years. And I think that leads into um,
1: a few things because, uh, you know, Facebook has become this sort of large behemoth that we now use. But um, recently, um, things have started to change. I mean, Facebook still has... Millions of users, and uh, that's not going away. They're still a very large company. Um, they're doing very well in terms of um, their space in social media. Um, but recently, there has been a lot of uh, terms thrown around, a lot of things thrown around in terms of what was what we like to refer to as fake news, um, misinformation, and how users' data has been used over the last little while. Um, In Mm -hmm. particular with Facebook, um, and we're not going to get too much into the weeds of things, but, you know, (laughs) so many people um, know about the recent um, data breaches with Cambridge Analytica and what happened with up to 87 million million Facebook users who had their information used in a way um, that, you know, it shouldn't have been. Um, you know, when it came to the elections that happened recently, uh, Cambridge Analytica was able to scrape off a lot of information, raw data about people. And <laughs> so mm-hmm. you may wonder and think, well, hey, what does that matter? Well, what, what, what it matters is we're trusting that data to be with Facebook. We're not trusting it right. to be with a third party who's now taking that information and decided to use it um, in whatever Sort of nefarious way they like to use it whether it's to change <laughs> people's opinions um shape how they think i mean if you really think about it remember we have millions upon millions of people who are using facebook they're using it for their news their information i think we can both agree um yes that's positive it's great that everyone's there but the danger is is the information accurate are they getting the information that they're supposed to mm-hmm. get? Are people using mm-hmm. data? And let's say, for example, you talked about those Hamilton tickets. What happens if somebody, let's say, pushes an ad to you that has some information about a group? Maybe that group is not a real group, but you join the mm-hmm. group, and then the group is pushing a certain agenda, or maybe they're pushing information. Um, remember, they are able. To, you got to think about what they were able to do with all of this data. They got this information. They're then able to mine the information and then understand the habits of people, and then mm-hmm. really hyper-target them. I'm not saying we, you know, companies don't use ads as they are right now, but we're talking about scraping all of the information about a user. You know, your details, your photos, the people who you connect with all of that information. Can you imagine what you're able to do with that? And I think we saw the results of that. And now we're, you know, you know this term that we use so regularly. We talk about fake news. Well, yeah, because sometimes there are things that people are sharing amongst friends. We implicitly trust our family, our friends, but what happens
0: when that family member shares something that isn't true? And then somebody and else And I does think that. this is some I think the thing is that this is also kind of kind of slowly becoming, I don't want to say commonplace, but there are other companies that are adapting these sort of things. And, and I I don't want to pinpoint names, but I mean, I've heard even healthcare where there were companies Mm -hmm. potentially suggesting uh, to their users to use certain products Mm -hmm. or, you know, just, post ads mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and people don't really think twice about that and again they should be asking you know who's who owns the data that you're entering what is the data being used for and are you being led to make those decisions because of your data well i think i mean at, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well i
0: think um
1: that's true and i and i think that's the big thing is understanding who has your data what are they doing with your data and um, you know the big question is are there standards in place that govern that data are there standards in place mm-hmm. that um, govern how companies behave with that information because again what did we mention that Facebook has grown from you know the college <laughs> somebody's sitting down and making this application and it's grown into this behemoth Um, have we developed standards around it to ensure that you know um people are doing stuff with their data and then i think if you're going back into healthcare as you're mentioning you know you hope that their standards are in place you hope that there's standards that are there that govern how information is used because you can see both you can see how things can go wrong And, and so my question then to you mike is like well if you kind of think about it this way you know we talk about facebook it's grown uh, it's grown into this large behemoth of a company and as i say they're doing well but you know we're talking about as you mentioned um in software in particular development that people are shifting to at least having standards things in place to make sure that they're governing how data is being used and we're trying to make sure that people understand how their data is being used actually even just as a side note Um, Just thinking about the GDRP, which is, um, it's a European standard, but, um, you know, they have so many things in place now that say the consumer needs to know how their data has been used and they need to have the ability to either remove or change it, you know, things along that line. So standards, things that are in place for that. Um, I think the question really comes down to to live is what is the true cost? Um, You know, is your You know if your privacy if your privacy isn't private then who do you trust um if something is free is it truly free you know we you know somebody says hey you know i can get that for free you know sure go for it you know (laughs) but on the other end what are they getting out of it you know um what's happening with your information um you know these are things that need to be you know you need to think about um you know Mm -hmm. my question to you really mike and and i'm kind of curious actually is um, in the healthcare industry in particular, um, what rules govern the healthcare industry in terms of privacy and how, let's say, medical data is used? You know, are there parallels in terms of social media or, you know, how how is data used in
0: that sense? Depending where your product's registered, I mean, some certification boards have rules in place to prevent data from being aggregated. But again, is it foolproof? I'm probably going to say not 100%. I mean, while the rules are young and, of course, with the bright team of lawyers and mm-hmm. a lot of money, I'm sure that there are already loopholes around it. So, yeah, practice data vigilance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's being educated, being on top of who owns your data and knowing where is your data, especially it is if it's on something like somebody else's server on a cloud or something like mm-hmm. that. And ultimately, what is being done with your data? Reading those terms of use is important. Mm. A lot of people don't do that. I mean, I'm pr- probably um, guilty of that as well. But when you're too. considering big data like that, you, you need to know where things are going. Read the fine print if you can.
1: Yeah, I think that's the main thing is um, be educated. Um, don't be ignorant. Um, be Understand how your data is being used. Um, again, you know, we're talking about Facebook, it doesn't really matter what product is, you, what pro- what the product is, know what's happening with your data, know what's happening with your information. Um, you need to know is how that company is going to profit from your data, how they're going to profit from that information. Um, and as they say, in the social media scheme of things, um, you we really need to just you know, take time to know what's happening. (laughs) You know, I get it. Everything happens so fast um, in this world. Things are happening quickly. Um, We want to consume things quickly. We don't want to think about it, but we we really do need to take time to think and really um, understand how your data is being used. You know, as the world continues to evolve, um, I think we just need to take care and follow best practices uh, with growth. Um, We... You know, we can't stifle innovation, but I think we need to do our best to guide it properly. Um, Whether it's cloud computing, uh, virtual care, IoT devices, um, high-speed technology, just ask yourself, um, is the data yours?
0: So I think that's all we have to say about that. As always, I'm Mike. And this is Manny. And we're signing off for today.